going on? How are you? Welcome to another special edition of the Kylan Kastanoff Show on this gray Wednesday evening. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Do you What's hear that? that? I think that sounds like maybe a, a sweep at the hands of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'd say it's the LA Kings getting swept under the rug for sure. Uh, and honestly, it was a great series. It was a fantastic series. Both goalies played out of their minds. You know, I, I have to ask, like, what went wrong here for the Kings? How is it that, you know, you go four games here without, and, you know, you score three goals total? And, you know, I mean, like, I think, was there maybe one of them was scored in overtime or something? I, I don't even know. Two of the games you were shut out. Like, it's just, is like, this is nothing short of an embarrassment for the Kings, is it not? I'd say it's a, it's a pretty big embarrassment, honestly. The big thing about it is the name of the game in the NHL right now is speed. Uh, this, Vegas Golden, this Vegas Golden Knights team was built for today's NHL, and today's NHL is about skill and speed, and they have it uh, in droves, really. They just were too fast. They closed down space. There was no room in the neutral zone. Part uh, Besides the first period of Game 4, the Kings basically didn't have a dominant shift in the, in the like, offensive zone. Right for for the uh, for themselves, it, it was an absolutely dominating performance. I want to do a quick blind resume here. You ready for this? Go ahead. All right, one point five five goals against average, nine forty seven save percentage, versus uh, two point seven one goals against average, nine eleven save percentage. Which one of those goalies is Jonathan Quick, and which one of those goalies is up two one in their series? Uh, I'm gonna guess that Jonathan Quick. Is the one with the nine five save percentage? Yeah, and I'm going to guess that uh, Mark Andre Fleury has the lesser of the two stats there. On, no, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, no, he he had point six five goals against and nine seven seven save percentage. Uh, the the other goalie in the blind resume with two seven one goals against average is Tuka Rask of the Boston Bruins. Interesting. So okay. I mean nine eleven's decent. It's not great. Two point seven ones like okay at best but he's got the team around him to score the goals so you know that stat really shows you how it's the team that let quick down and there's no scenario that exists really on the planet earth that could say the otherwise right of course and i have to i have to ask you i mean what is it about you know this vegas golden knights team that has allowed them to like set all these records this year you know they're the first expansion team to i think is is it just to even win their first round playoff series like like I mean, this is unheard of. The last, the uh, what is it about this team, though? I, I just, I just don't get it. How are they so good in their first year together? Well, you know, so first of all, the the Golden Knights have have a number of advantages. Uh, this is the only time in the NHL, really, in the modern day, at least, that expansion has been by one team at a time. So they have the cream of the crop of every pick. Secondly, the expansion was done in such a way that. Uh, Ray Ferraro on last night's NBC broadcast was talking about this. How general manager George McPhee and his uh, and his assistant, this is of GM, of, of, yeah, of Las Vegas, okay. yeah, they basically identified nine teams that had serious protection problems. Uh, you know, pro- teams that were had were you know had big players that were exposed, and they said, "Hey, we'll be lenient, but make us a deal." You know, and so Vegas walked away with a ton of top draft picks. They walked away with you know. Last night in the game, two former Wild players, two, you know, their top line is two guys who played for the Florida Panthers, 
last uh, last year. You know, so this this is really a team of parts. But it goes back to what I said, which is that they did an excellent job out in Las Vegas identifying that the name of the game in the NHL is speed. Speed wins today. They built a fast roster with a lot of skill that was you know elusive. And don't get get me wrong, like they've got guys who can play hard on the pucks. William Carrier is a great example of a guy who goes hard. He hounds players like Drew Doughty was all over him in the series. But, you know, they're fast. But they're going to be facing a team next round, unless there's a miracle in California. They're going to be facing the San Jose Sharks, who are pretty darn fast themselves, and they got a whole lot of experience. Yeah, I mean, they just put, what, eight goals up on John Gibson and the Anaheim Ducks there? John Gibson, a very good goalie. Right, right, exactly. It It just... Totally embarrassing. I mean, as I said about the Kings, you know, totally embarrassing the Ducks. These these LA teams really just not getting it done here in this first round. Um, I now I have to ask you about the Bruins. Do you think the Bruins can pull it out over there on the East? Absolutely, without a doubt. You know, I, when we talked about the playoffs, you know, from the outset, I, I said to you, I said, you know, Kyle, look, I mean, I think the Bruins are favorites, maybe fifty two, forty eight, but don't get ahead of yourself. You know, this Leafs team can play. Like they've got a chance. I'd like to officially say. They do not have a chance. They look good in Game 3. I watched that game. They look good. They, you know, they got their home win on home ice, make the fan feel, fans feel good. But these, this Bruins team, there's almost not a flaw in sight. I, I actually, if you ask me what's wrong with the Boston Bruins, I, like, nothing comes to mind. There, there is nothing wrong with the Boston, with the Boston Bruins. I, you know, it's, it's got to be sad to be a Toronto fan, right? I mean, you pay... You know, you pay top dollar for those tickets at the at the ACC. Oh, wow. Can I just jump in here? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Did you know that there were only 96 seats at the ACC released to the public for Game 3 of this series? Yeah, those those fans love their leaves. But I dare I say, Toronto is now a basketball city. I'm sorry. The it Maple Leafs be. just aren't getting it done. They haven't gotten it done for, what, 50 years now? The Raptors <laughs> are the cream of the crop. Over there in the well, NBA. well, let's talk about. Let's just before we leave the Leafs. I actually think the Leafs fans are thrilled. They're actually in the playoffs. Right. This is a hu- this is right. a huge milestone and for, them, for them. Yeah, exactly. That They're in the playoffs two years in a row. This is about as good as it gets for Toronto fans. Right. Exactly. But you know, I don't know. I think the tides are turning. I mean, you know, you've been seeing the Blue Jays have really taken over the past few years. Like they're getting a ton of crowds up there at the Rogers Center, and you know, the Raptors are obviously the best in the East right now. I, you know, I, I don't know. I think Toronto may may not be the hockey city it once was. You never know. You know, that's interesting because there's some people in a in Toronto suburb uh, called London and, and there's other, you know, areas around Toronto where they want to get a second NHL team in there. They, they said basically, you know, the Leafs are the big corporate team, you know, all the guys in suits in the lower bowl. Like, we want no the way. fans NHL team in Toronto. Right, exactly. The Mets to their Yankees almost without the titles, basically. Because that's pretty much what they said about the Mets too, you know. Um, but, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It just, it's... It must be rough for them. I mean, I mean, Boston dealt with this, you know, in uh, you know, oh three, oh four. Okay, you know? I I don't want to talk about Boston sports woes. Boston sports woes are like, oh man, it's been a whole sixteen months since our last national championship. You know, you know, I mean, you bring up these sports woes. Speaking of sports woes, will Washington ever get another title? Like the the whole city, the or, whole, or just the Caps? The whole city. I mean, it's literally it's a tale of two cities. Wait, I mean, sorry, I mean, have they about, won a title before? In what sport? I mean, I think the Redskins have three. Oh yeah, okay, yes, yeah. I yeah, think that's it, though. I don't think I don't think any other sport has won a title. It's pretty depressing. <laughs> well, they, they have they, all four. They teams. play in Maryland, so I don't know if Washington will ever get right. A title. They play in a made-up city in Maryland <laughs> in a dump of a stadium. I've right? actually been to FedEx Field. I, I took a, just a stadium tour. You know, walked down by the by the field. Okay. Not that nice. Right. 
Yeah, that's what like, I hear. I, I have I hear to say, like, I hear it's huge and it doesn't sell out and it's in the middle of nowhere. I mean, the other thing is that like they took us to like the club levels and they're like, here's like a suite. <laughs> and now, I mean, I don't go to suites really ever when I go to sports games. I've seen a few, but like honestly, in Washington, it's like not the best. Like if, right. if I'm having my pick of suites, like I'd rather be at MSG. They've got like those stadiums, like like a captain's chairs and stuff like that. Like Washington's, you know, FedEx Field is kind of. Not so good. You can't see me, but uh, doing a big thumbs down right now. Kyle can see it. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I, yeah, I know. I, it just seems like the Redskins are doing everything wrong. But, you know, the Redskins, this is not what this is about. This is about the Caps and how it's not their year this year. Maybe next year, though. It, I have to ask, are, are the refs biased against the Russian stars of the Washington Capitals? Uh, no, I think that some of is the this, Russian stars— Is this stars... just an anti-Russia league here? Uh, no, it's not an anti-Russia league. And, and this brings me to the guy who I wanted to talk about, which is Artemi Panarin. The Columbus Blue Jackets... Okay, did you see that move on his breakaway that he had? Yeah, I sure that did. Was, that was honestly one of the sickest moves I've ever seen in yeah, a hockey game. of course. I mean, the thing about Artemi Panarin is that the Blue Jackets brought him in to be a game-breaker. They, they said, you know, we got a good team, we made the playoffs, we made the playoffs, or, you know, kind of off and on for a few years, but when it comes playoff time, we don't have a guy who's going to stand up, you know, be better than all the rest. And now they have it. Artemi Panarin, game one, his overtime antics, uh, game two, game three. I mean, I think he's got seven points on the series. Right. And he's just absolutely outstanding. He is the engine that runs the Buick, so to speak. You know, he is the, you know, the, the gear that makes the clock turn. Like Everything good about the Blue Jackets in these playoffs goes through Artemi Panarin. But, I mean, Cam Atkinson contributing as well. You know, obviously they've got great defensemen, Seth Jones, uh, Zach Wierenski, Sergei Borovsky's a good goalie, and he's played well. I mean, the goaltending in the series hasn't been great, but really, it's Pernarin's team, and they'll win, and they'll lose. They'll live, and they'll die by him. Now, you think that they'll pull this out? They're up 2-1 now. You think the Caps have a chance of coming back? I think that they the Caps— a big game on the road. I think the Caps are going to do a classic uh, road game rally, lose the second road game, come back to Washington— uh, Come back to Washington. Be like, home fans, we still got it. They'll win that game. They'll be down 3-2. They'll go back to Columbus. Uh, and the fans at Nationwide will get to end game six, knowing they're going the second round up 4-2 is what I would bet. Okay. That's a bold prediction right there. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just These NHL playoffs really seem wide open. You know, I mean, like, and we see, you know, going back to the West, this Colorado team, I think that they can give – Nashville a real run for their money. I mean, they're down 2-1, of but they're really putting up a fight. I mean, they're putting up more than a fight. If, if you watched their last game, which I'm, I'm sure you didn't. But, I, uh, I probably didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they were outstanding. They were dominant. And, and the name of the game in Colorado is Nathan McKinnon. Exactly. Uh, every, uh, just like Panarin is for Columbus, they live and die by Nathan McKinnon. But the thing is, is that maybe more so in Columbus, uh, sorry, maybe more so in Colorado than in Columbus, do they have real, uh, real speedy players around uh, Nathan McKinnon? Nathan McKinnon obviously is probably the fastest, but you know Gabe Landeskog, the captain of that team who plays on his wing, and Miko Rantanen, that line is electric. Uh, Gabe Landeskog had this one play where he gets checked down. He's he's like down on the ground. He controls the puck, turns it over, stands up, saucer passes it into Nathan McKinnon, who finishes on a breakaway to make it 3-0. Right. And it was at that point you basically knew that the uh, Avs were going to take that game. I mean, as much as I think the, the National Predators are going to win the Stanley Cup, they're going to do it all, about an equal part of me thinks National Predators are about to lose in one in round one from the come with the come-from-behind Avs. Like, in my mind, like, 
if the if the Predators make make it past the Avs, that could maybe be the toughest team they play all all playoffs. Right. And, I mean, until maybe they play the Bruins or the Lightning in the so, final. So you don't think that you know a a whiteout Winnipeg or a or a hot Vegas team fresh off of a sweep of of the LA Kings, you don't think that they are going to give them, you know, at least a run for their money in the West? Well, my you think predi- it's just a clean, it's a clean sweep pretty much from here out. No, I mean obviously I I, I was exaggerating a little bit. Winnipeg will be a uh, will be a huge test for the for the uh, Predators, but I, I've watched a bunch of games between Nashville, Winnipeg. Uh, I've watched a bunch of games between Nashville, Winnipeg throughout the regular season, and Nashville always walked away victorious pretty much, uh, and it wasn't really even that that. I mean they were close, but but even when Nashville went down, like you know, five three or something like that, they still came back and won six five in the regular season. I think that Nashville has got it, uh, and I think that you know, Nashville Winnipeg is a series where the experience on that Nashville team of going to a Cup final before, and you know, with Nick Benino who they had over the summer, who's you know won the Cup final twice. Uh, I want to say two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benino, 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 <laughs> Benino. Yeah, that's a classic call from a hockey night in Canada, Punjabi. Uh, but I think that you know. The, this Avs team is amazing, and I don't think Vegas is going to get past San Jose. Honestly, like I, I know that no one thought they would get past LA. I thought that I mean, obviously, I didn't think they would make the playoffs. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Right. But I thought in the position there, and I thought they'll get past LA. But I think that that uh, San Jose might be a little bit just too much for them, and and I think it'll be close. I think they'll edge them out just slightly. But I think we're going to see San Jose probably Nashville in the Western Conference Final, and and you'd like Nashville in that. I, I'm I'm. Really disappointed by these early round matchups. You know, I had I had LA as my Western Conference selection in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Boston Bruins. That's I, a tough I look. I don't know. I just I, I don't know. I mean, like this team's done it before when when nobody believed in them. And you see, I, you that's know, can we can I address yeah, yeah, that point? Of course, go ahead. The thing is, is that this team hasn't actually done it before. Well, he, well, yeah. I mean, you say that, but you know, Drew Doughty, Anze Kopitar. Dustin Brown. They've all been there before. Jonathan Quick. Yep. The big guys have been there before. Yeah, but in, you see, that's the problem. That's the problem right there. The big guys don't win you playoff series, and they don't win Stanley Cup. It's about the little guys, and it's about the fact that, you know, Alex Fantenberg, you know, rookie defenseman, Paul Ledoux, uh, you know, I could go on and on, Adrian Kempe, Alex Iafalo. These guys who are rookies who haven't been there before, who are playing those depth minutes— they're not up. They're not. They're not with it, so to speak. They're not fast enough. I mean, I think the young guys are fast enough, but as a team, they're not fast enough. They're not good enough, and they don't have the depth. The reason that Vegas won is because they roll four lines, and you can't win in the playoffs without rolling four lines. That's basically a fact. That's why you know those great Rangers teams from like you know 2012 ish. They didn't win in the playoffs. They didn't go all the way because John Tortorella ran three lines, and like, you couldn't. You can't win like that in the playoffs. Right. That's tough. That's tough for sure. Kyle, I want to report a rules infraction. Okay. It's at the NBA playoffs, uh, and the sixth seed New Orleans uh, Pelicans are up 2-0 on Portland. That. Yeah. They're, they're not allowed to do that, right? It's unheard of. It really is. But I, I think this year, especially in the West, you, you are seeing more parity, at least in terms of seats three through eight, than, you, than you've ever seen. It's, it's, it is. I mean, after... I'd say really after Golden State and Houston, it is wide open in that Western Conference. And, I mean, Portland and New Orleans, be it, you know, that they're three and they're six seeds, 
are only one game apart, at least in terms of their, of their regular season. And they have very similar point differentials. These are teams that both got hot in the second half. They match up well. But you're seeing this New Orleans team, especially early here in this first round, really take advantage on the road. You're seeing playoff Rondo. He's back. He almost won that first-round series for the eighth-seeded Chicago Bulls last year until he got hurt, and they lost four in a row to the Celtics. Um, this year, I mean, in Game 1, he, he dropped 17 assists. In Game 2, he's one rebound away from a triple-double. And, I mean, Drew Holiday as well, he, he had 33 points last game. Really, it's just the big three. Can we talk about Rondo, though? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I thought that when he left the Celtics, his career was over. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, it certainly seemed that way. I mean... This is a guy who's had some serious character flags throughout his career. It's partially why he was out of Boston when he was. He forced his own way out of Dallas when they sat him when they were winning in the playoffs. Um, uh, it's really, it seemed like when that happened, and then he ended up in Sacramento, which is a place in the NBA you never want to end up. If you end up there, your career is pretty much over. But he has somehow resurrected his career with these New Orleans Pelicans, a team that this season, more than really any season in years past, are real contenders in this Western Conference playoffs. And, you know, I mean, like, and you throw in, I mean, like, it's almost like we're forgetting that they have a top three player in the NBA in Anthony Davis because he really wasn't the star top of this game, Top three player? Who's, who are the two players better than him? Uh, I'd say LeBron and Harden are the two that are better than there's, him right there's now. There's no one else better than him? No. I, I, th- I think he's sitting firmly at number three. I, I think he'll be third in the MVP voting this year. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it, it goes for me. It goes Harden, LeBron. In any particular order. I think this season, Harden had the better, in terms of stats, I think Harden was the better player. And he's the more dominant one-on-one player. He has more all-around game than LeBron does. LeBron still can't shoot threes, and he still can't shoot free throws. Can we talk about this? Go ahead. When it comes to awards voting, uh, this was brought up in the NHL. Uh, Not like in in any official capacity, but I saw a tweet about this in regards to the NHL, which is that people want, some people want there to be quarterly awards voting. You know, every 20 games... All the people who vote in the awards, you know, put their votes in. And so that way it's more reflective because, you know, is Anthony Davis, for example, really the MVP if he had a slow first half and they turned on the second half to get this team to the playoffs? Does that really make him the most valuable player because he was the best for half the year? Well, I mean, like, it is a full body of work award. And I think regardless of whether or not he was good, he was less good in the first half and better in the second half. In this case, Anthony Davis did really turn it off turn it on, rather, after the injury of DeMarcus Cousins, which happened around midseason. Yeah, but I, I think there's a recency bias. I think there's a fair point to be made because— But it, I think, but I think like, I mean, like, I'll let you finish, but, like, if you look at the overall body of work, Anthony Davis averaged 28 points and 11 rebounds a game in a 29 PER. That is top three or four in the NBA, you know, regardless of, of, of how slow his first half was. No, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from him, but, like, here, here's a for example. Like, just in a hypothetical, imagine that— a player, you know, scored the most in the league for the first, let's call it 30 games by four times, you know, something insane. And then they scored league average for the second half of the year. Do you think that player would honestly be considered in the MVP voting? Because their point totals would still be so high, but I think that recency bias would hit him. Everyone would be like, well, he wasn't consistent. But it's never a problem if you're not consistently well, good in the start. It's definitely, I, I hear what you're saying, it's definitely more important to contribute in the second half than it is in the first half. If that is the case for this hypothetical player, I would guess that team success would reflect you know, his drop in his individual stats, assuming he was as good as he was in the first half and he dropped off in the second half. Team success usually reflects that. And in this case, the Pelicans were a 500 team, I mean, up really up until uh, Cousins was 
injured. And, and he then, was a part of that, though, is the thing. He was a part of a 500 team. He was, but it, it I think— It wasn't because he was—like, it wasn't because he was injured. Right, you know? no, but but I think I think clearly the the Cousins injury, along with, you know, the continued emergence of, of, of Drew Holiday, who's, who's also really resurrected his career down here in New Orleans, and, you know, Rondo and, like, Miritich was traded, and he, he's been a real contributor for them. I think just, like, the ability of Davis— but it really, it's still the Davis show, and the ability that he has had to will this team to where they are sitting right now at, at up 2-0 in this first round. I think that is more important than the guy who was really good in the first half and dropped off in the second half. Because we, we've seen that time and time again. I think most recently, you know, the prime example of this was, I think it was, I want to say 2012 Roy Hibbert, who was the best center in the NBA up until the All-Star break, really collapsed along with his team in the second half, and, and they were an early playoff exit that year for it for a Pacers team that should have been the number one or, or number two team in the East. Well, okay, uh, I'll accept. But can we? I think we we've mentioned this before on a prior show. It's not a good look for uh, for Boogie Cousins, right? You know, he was he's supposed to be like a top player, and teams out and now doing better. Sorry, he's out and his team's now doing better. So it's clear that they never needed him at all. Um, I it's it really is a bad look for him. He. Um, has never been a part, like a true, like, I mean, I guess you can say he, he's, he's a part, technically a part of this playoff team, but he's still never really been, a, he, he still never set foot on the floor in the playoffs in his entire career, as good as he has been for his entire career, which is insane for someone, you know, as good as he is. And like, as I said about Sacramento, it's really where players' careers go to die. And in this case, Cousins had the unfortunate circumstance of starting his career there, you know, against his <laughs> will pretty much. And, you know, and this especially is a contract year for him. So, you know, and it's pretty obvious at this point, as well as New Orleans is doing without him, that they're not going to sign him the, you know, super max contract that he's going to be due at the end of the season. You know, five years, $220 million plus. You know, that's unheard of, and they will not match it. So, which means that he'll be making significantly less money for another team. And it's unfortunate for him. But D doesn't have to sign a five-year contract, correct? No, no, he, no, he, he doesn't. Could... But I'm saying, you know, he, like, New Orleans has the option to sign him for five years, 220 which... Is they, is obviously they won't I do, exercise. which they definitely won't exercise because clearly he's not worth it to that team. They don't need him, and they already have a supermax player in Anthony Davis making you know top five NBA money. Um, but you know it's it's clear to me, and and you know I, I think that's I I want to say it's seventy million more than any other team can offer him over the same amount of time. So that's a significant you know loss in potential money for for Cousins for this. What's a, but okay, cor- correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say he, he goes to another team, signs a bridge deal, let's say two years, $12 million, yeah. a real bargain for right. a player of his caliber. Can he then sign that Supermax after two years with right, a new but, team? Right, but the, I mean, the real question is, like, I, I think for him, does he want contract security? Uh, you know, being someone who just tore his Achilles, one of the most significant, um, excuse me, significant injuries that any athlete can have it, it involves, you know, 12 to 15 months of, of recovery to even get back to maybe 100%, and then it's iffy. You rarely see players come back to full strength from it, an injury quite like that. I mean, like— So you're for, saying he just wants five-year and lock down as much money as he can? Of, I mean, of course. Who wouldn't want that? You know, five years, 220? I mean, you are set, you know, with well, that. No, yeah, yeah, but five years, 220, but what if the offer is more like five years, 40 because of, you know, his then, troubles? Then if I'm him, I wouldn't accept that because I know that, as you said, a team— like say I don't know the New York Knicks or uh, the Phoenix Suns or let's, the Dallas Mavericks. Let's not Mavericks. mention the Knicks. The Knicks don't need any more training. Phoenix Suns or the Dallas like teams that are terrible currently but have a lot of cap space. Um, 
I think that they'd be willing to sign him for to a you know even a bridge deal for you know one year twenty five or thirty mil, and then he re- tries and then he you know tries to get healthy this offseason, has a productive season next year, and then maybe maybe on the off chance that he can sign a supermax at the end of next season. But you know even then it's fifty fifty given the significant you know injury that he suffered. You know it, either way, um, this Pelicans team is clearly better without him. Cousins will be playing for a new team next year. Um, you know, I mean, like the Kings are still bad. So, I mean, they're bad before and they're bad now. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It just seems like cousins, it, maybe it's his character. You know, he, he's got more technical fouls than anyone else in the NBA over the last five years. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, I never liked him. He is, I don't know. I wouldn't want to play with him. And, and, and maybe that's why they're doing better without him. Let's talk about the other three teams that are up 2-0 in the NBA playoffs so far. Obviously, Golden State's up 2-0. Who cares? Moving on. Right, yeah. I mean, okay, okay, okay you know what? I, I feel like I have to mention this quickly. Yeah, okay. Kawhi Leonard, what is your problem? Yeah, why are you, is he not playing? What is your problem? I mean, like, are you kidding me? Like, I, I wouldn't want him on my team. As good as he is. I mean, like, we talk about character flaws. You, are, you have been deemed healthy by your team, yet are refusing to play. Do you even like basketball anymore? Like, wh- like what is the deal here? Like, why, why don't you want to be out there winning with your team? Maybe he lost his mojo. I something is clearly wrong. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something we don't know. Does that, Zaza still play for Golden State? He's still on Golden State. Maybe he State. doesn't want to face Zaza again. That might be it. He he might be scared of some future injuries. I mean, obviously we had that problem. What was it? It was just last year, wasn't yeah, it, was it? Last yeah, it was year. Just, it was just yeah. It seems like so long. Ago. Basically, Zaza uh, fouled Kawhi, and yeah, then the Golden State he, Warriors. He closed out, and then Kawhi landed on Zaza. Yeah, and then the Warriors won the NBA title because of that when they were going right. to lose in the first round. Right. Um, you know, I, obviously it's unfortunate, but I, I feel bad for the Spurs having to deal with a player like Leonard. And, and they're talking about, you know, how, how Leonard goes months without even answering texts. Like, that is just completely... Sounds like someone un- I know, and he's sitting right across from me in this studio. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, the real difference <laughs> is, you know, I'm not responsible for making you money, you know? That's true. That is true. <laughs> um, We're not, you're not under contract to me. Right, exactly. And, and uh, in, I mean... And Popovich is talking about, you know, I mean, he hasn't said directly, but, you know, it's it's implied that they will try and exercise some sort of a trade in the offseason if mean, they can't resurrect this relationship. The thing here. about with Popovich, I actually, I, I was, uh, I saw some other things about this earlier today. You feel kind of bad for him because, like, he's not going to win this, but we all know he's a great coach, and we know that with a full team he can do this. And the problem right now is really just that Kawhi's just sitting on the sideline. Right, If exactly. Kawhi's there, it's a whole different ball game. But let's move on. You thought Boston might lose, but they're up 2-0. I did predict Boston would win the series. I didn't predict that it'd be, you know, as resounding as it appears to be right now with the, you know, playoff emergences of Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier. But it was close. It was close in Game 1. Game 1 was close. Game 1 was honestly one of the most ridiculous playoff games I've ever seen. That ending was insane. Um, But Game 2, they really, you know, I don't know, like, they took care of business, and... Heading into Game 3, again in Boston, I was not aware that they had three games in a row to open up the series in Boston, because that's not usually how it works. Um, in the NHL, I believe it's 2-3-2, two, two, but in the NBA, I guess it's whatever. It's 2-2-1-1-1 it's, it's two, two, one, one, one okay. in the, in the okay. NHL. Um, I guess I guess they're doing another game in Boston. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Uh, but e- either way, like it seems to be a firm 2-0 lead. Uh, uh, Milwaukee... Can't seem to get out of their own way on defense. They gave up, what, 120 points to sell this last game. A team without Kyrie Irving. 
Um, a team without Jason Tatum for the last four minutes of that game. Yeah, but it was, so just you mentioned Ky- Kyrie. Kyrie is really going to hurt when they get to the late games because we've all seen the way Kyrie finishes, uh, you know, uptight with his left hand, with his right hand, and you know, from within like twelve feet around really, the basket. Really, I think Kyrie is as good fin- as it gets. The best finisher in the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, and so that, it's going to hurt if they have to take on the Pacers, who are up one zero on the Cavs. Uh, Let's go Pacers. No, I mean I'm not rooting for any team harder. Even like I'm rooting for the Pacers more than I'm rooting for the Celtics, <laughs> to be honest with you, because because the Celtics will be back next year. They'll be better than ever. But consider this. Consider this. If the Cavs make it all the way to the final, LeBron could I'm get not, another loss. I, I, I won't watch. It's as simple as that. You know. I mean, like obviously it doesn't matter, but I probably won't watch if the Cavaliers are in the playoffs. That, again, that's fair. Are in the finals again? I don't uh, want to see that. All right. So my favorite team in, in the NBA, probably we are the North. Go Toronto, up 2-0. You know, actually, I'm going to correct you there. It's not we are the North. That is too correct a sentence for them. It's actually just we the North. There is no R there. I, I don't That's really, true, I don't actually. Really, I don't really I, I get do it. Think, I think you're right that the hashtag is we the North. It's just we the North. I don't know where that came from. I, I like to think I, I speak pretty proper English. I'm going to go ahead and say we are the North. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure how those, how those good fans from up in uh, Toronto would feel about that. Uh, but, you know, apparently we the North. It's the six. They're really, you know, they're shedding those playoff demons that seem to have been hovering over them those past few years. I think this is going to be the team that represents the Eastern Conference in the finals this year. You know, I heard that they were 0-9 in Game 1s before uh, before their Game 1 victory this in this yeah, year. Yeah, pretty bad. I think that they're lucky that they're playing as hot-headed a team as the Wizards. I think this is the easiest matchup in the East for them. Um, but but after the Wizards, won't they, uh, they'll take on the, in, the, sorry, the winner of... Uh, Cleveland, Indiana. Am I am I wrong? You know, actually, you know, you would be correct if we assume that Philadelphia can pull out the win against Miami because but that they're tied one-one. Because that's not a guarantee at this point. You know, yeah. Dwayne Wade. You know, I mean, like Father Prime. I mean, he's looking pretty nice out there. He he was he, he was out there hurting Kevin Hart's feelings in uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, I believe it was Game Two, and he really put that team away. So I mean, like if if you know Miami can get it done and upset Philadelphia. They'd be taking on Toronto in the next round. All right, I'm going to drop a hot take right here. And for no, there's really no logic behind this at all. But in my mind, basketball is better when Dwayne Wade is good. I agree. Like, I, I like what, seeing – but it's especially good when he's on Miami. I think it was. Yeah. Didn't, no. didn't seem right. You know, less – like I mean, like more than any other player that I've seen switch teams <clears throat> in my lifetime. Obviously, it would have been super weird. Like, I don't know. I obviously don't remember it, but it, – it was kind of a situation where you had Jordan go to the Wizards at the end of his career. Just felt wrong. Yeah, no, overall. No, no. I mean, Dwayne Wade winning with the Heat. <coughs> it feels right. It does. It, it feels like basketball. Exactly. As I said, throw those Vice City jerseys on. They may not lose again, and they may win out in the rest of the Eastern Conference uh, playoffs here. Uh, either way, I'm pulling for them. I was never a Heat fan. I always hated them, but they don't have LeBron anymore, so they're that much more likable, in my opinion. Um, but either way, go Pacers. All right, welcome back. Uh, we're going to talk NFL draft. You got a big story for us. I, you know, this just emerged this afternoon out of Saquon Barkley's camp that he has many high up reps, you know, people who are very close to him, insisting. That he, you know, publicly say, you know, I don't want to be drafted by the Cleveland Browns at number one, and that I'd rather go number two to the New York Giants. Um, I know how you feel about this, 
Do you want to elaborate on this? Because I, yeah. I feel like you're going to be pretty strongly against this. This is a huge character red flag. If okay, if, if I if I'm the New York Giants GM, and and I'm picking number two overall, and a player comes out and says, "I don't want to be picked first overall, and I don't want to go play for Cleveland," you know what I say? You're not going to be picked second overall either. That is, this is a it, it's a character flaw. He, How he, is it a character flaw? He looks at a problem and he says, "I don't want to be part of the solution." He says, "I want the easy way out." And that but is so a many players have you know have come into the league for the Cleveland Browns and, and you know been part of the solution, and you know it hasn't happened, and, and it's it, Cleveland has ended careers, too many careers. Yeah, but okay, Saquon look. doesn't want to be part of this vicious cycle that has consumed the Cleveland Browns over the last. 20 years now we're going on here. It is a gift to play professional sports. Uh, and, and I just hate when people feel that they can't, uh, that they can't, you know, they can't receive that gift from any team in the league. I, I think that that's ridiculous. You know, it's just like the Browns need Barkley more than he needs them. That's not it's true. Not, it's not. Yeah, oh, it absolutely is because every single team in the NFL wants Saquon. He is the best prospect in this draft. Yeah, but, okay, so here's, here's what I'm thinking, which is that, there's a reason why the draft is set up as it is. It's so that the worst team, the Cleveland Browns, can get a player like Saquon Barkley. And if I'm Saquon Barkley, I don't want to play for the Browns either. I would be doing the same exact thing. Are you going to tell me, you know, oh, you have bad character? Yes. No, I just don't want to play for the Browns. I'd rather go play in New York than in that, you know, sad city of Cleveland where nobody ever wins. Like, like I, I, I don't. First of it all, seems like the obvious choice the, there. There was a year when the Cavs won. Not only did the Cavs win, but the Columbus Blue Jackets AHL team also won the Calder Cup that year. So that was two championships for Cleveland. There we go. There we go. Okay. But moving on. Plus, the Indians almost won the yeah, World Series. Yeah, al- almost doesn't cut it. Almost, yeah. <laughs> no, okay. I-, I agree that the Browns are a bad situation, but there's a reason. Just that- overall, I'm 22 years old. I don't want to be in Cleveland. I'm sorry to people who live in Cleveland. I- I- it's not where I want to be when I'm 22. I'd rather be in New York. I'd rather be in New York at the center of it all. Obviously, there's the heightened media attention. All right, okay, so here's, here's my solution. Go get a job. Get a normal average person job. Put on a suit every day. Yeah. Go into work. You can live in New York. Have fun. You want to be a millionaire, be a professional athlete, play in the NFL, you go where you're picked. The thing is, it just it doesn't hurt Barkley at all to do that. The, you like, see, like you may say that, but the Giants are happily going to take him at two if he's available at two, regardless of whether or not he says, I don't want to play for the Browns. Here's the problem, which is that I don't respect that. I don't respect and, that. And the thing is, it happened last year, too, with Miles Garrett. He didn't say it directly, but he, he openly said, Dallas, will you please draft me? And, and obviously it didn't happen. He I actually think that's a different scenario. Okay. I think that's a different scenario. No, but I think, I think, what, he, I think what he was trying to say when he was saying Dallas draft me was... Cleveland, don't draft me. I don't want to play. I, I want to go. I, I want to go play for Dallas. I, I'd rather go play for a stable, more or less stable. They haven't won in a long time. But I mean, Jerry you Jones get what is I'm the saying. GM, so let's, you, let's not call it stable. You, you want to go play in, in in Jerry World. You want to have a home game on Thanksgiving. All the media hype that comes with the Cowboys. You want to be at the center of it all. You don't want to be in Cleveland. I'm sorry. I'm Cleveland's sorry. not going to win next year. Barkley doesn't want to sit there. Not you to know, bring this back to hockey, his, but. This is why no league will ever be as good as hockey because the NFL rewards personalities like this instead of punishes. How do you? What do you mean punish? Uh, a punishment would be uh, dropping down in the second round. Uh, you know, punish who? Like what? What do you mean? 
You mean punish Barkley? Yeah. Say you can't be drafted in the first no, no, round? No, 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 I was like, as in like essentially like as if all the GMs recognized how this is a bad thing <laughs> and purposely didn't pick him. Okay, now that that is boarding, borderline ridiculous right there. I mean, you you know that I aspire to work in, in professional sports. Yes. And, and so when I, in the future, when I'm working in the front office, the thought when if, if a player comes out and says, I don't want to go to a bad team, and I'm a, it says, I'm a good player, I don't want to go to a bad team, it's a huge red flag because I said it before. It's not just a bad team, though. There are plenty of bad. The Giants are a terrible team, too. They're honestly a terrible situation. It's about, you know, everything that comes outside of football. The fact that you live in New York, the fact that you live in Cleveland. Where would you rather, Matt, I want to ask you right now, where would you rather be when you're 22 years old, superstar, everyone loves you, blah, 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 the future of whatever organization you're part of? Would you rather be in New York? Would New Jersey be to be Cleve, clear. Or New Jersey to be clear. No one lives in – none of those players live in New Jersey. Let's be honest. It's just like the Golden State Warriors. How many of those players do you think live in Oakland? Every single one of them definitely has a nice penthouse in San Francisco on Russian Hill. But that's beside the point. Where would you it's, – it's about – it's not, it's not the on-the-field product because both teams are, are arguably equally bad. Actually, I say Cleveland has a brighter future than New York does. I'm sorry, but the, the, just it gets back to the problem is that – and, and also, That's not I, what it's about. It, before you continue, let me just say that Barkley has no plans of, of making any such public statement. We're just going on the hypothetical that if he were to make a statement, I would be in support of it, and Matt would not. But, I, I mean, I, I just hate it. I, I absolutely hate it. That's, I mean, it goes back to the fundamentals of the draft that the best player is supposed to go to the course, worst team. Of course, of course. Okay, because like, imagine how, how not fun sports would be. Let's, let's go to the NHL for a second. Connor McDavid's coming out. It's his draft year. Connor McDavid's like, hey, Pittsburgh, draft me. It, that's not fun, number one. You know, it, it, who wants that? It's just, like, it's just like the bidding war that happens with, you know, Japanese prospects coming to the major leagues, you know? Like you go to whatever team you want to go to. If you if you're that good, that's how it should be. Yeah, but you're a free agent. You're not a, you're not in the draft. If you're dr- maybe that's how it should be. Maybe players should just pick where they want to go, and then you have New York and Chicago and LA winning every year. That'd be terrible. That that's the that is how terrible for for you the fan, but good for the league. Because at the end of the day, when New York and LA and Chicago are good, they make more money. Yeah, but that, that's not what sports are about. That, 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 that's a, even a bigger problem. That, that gets to the crux of the sports fact that— Sports, at the end of the day, are about making money. They wouldn't exist if they didn't make you money. You're right and you're wrong. At least at the professional level. I mean, yes, professional sports are a business. I completely agree. But, but think about the precedent that, that this Saquon Barkley uh, potential move would set. The precedent is that— Is that no one would go to Cleveland and Cleveland will fold and Cleveland will slowly burn. And that's bad. And cease to exist. We agree that's Earth. bad. Yeah, I'm probably— yeah, bad. Bad for those who live there. No, no, no. Bad for the league. Bad for the fans. No, bad for see, everyone. See, I, I, I don't think so. I think if, if the Cleveland Browns no longer existed, it wouldn't be bad for the league. <laughs> I think it would be. I, like, I think that if it's contraction is not a good look for any sports league. I wouldn't say that they contract. I'd say that they, that they just move somewhere else. To, and, and maybe they'd have better. I mean, like, it happened in the 90s. It could, it could easily happen I'm again. I'm sorry. So you're trying to say, tell me that the 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 primary objection is literally the fact that they would have to live in that uh, he would have to live in Cleveland for twenty weeks of the no, year. No, no, no. It's just that Cleveland versus New York. Historically, who would you rather play for? Definitely New York with their five Super Bowls or or four Super Bowls, whatever they have. And the fact that the New York Giants, live, you could live down the road from the home of football if you were in Cleveland. Good down the road from Canton, Ohio. Yeah. How I, much do you love football? How often do you think those Cleveland players actually visit the? The Pro Football Hall of Fame. Probably none of them because they're none terrible of, and they're not going to ever go of, there. None of them. Joe, okay, well, I do want to talk about Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is a guy who had a Hall of Fame career, spending all in Cleveland. 
So good, but he never won a playoff game. Yeah, but he proved that. Kind of, kind of unfortunate. Clearly, clearly, left tackles when you're not surrounded by enough other talent don't mean anything. Yeah, but he made a lot of money. He had a distinguished career. He's going to be a hall of famer. But still, his career will always be marked by the, you know, he might be one of the losingest players ever. Yeah, but he's a but in <laughs> which, my, which 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 definitely weighs on you. He will live the rest of his life knowing that he his team never did anything when he was with them. Yeah, but in my mind, he I respect him so much. I respect him so much because he could have walked away and he could have no, said I'm obviously, not about that. Joe Thomas is an all time great player. I loved I loved having him in the league. He was a standout left tackle for so many years on such a bad team. He was so put it, in such a bad situation. It gets back to the crux of the. Gets back to the crux of the problem is be part of the solution, not the problem. Clearly, cl- clearly having a good left tackle is not part of the solution when you have nothing else. Clearly yeah, when you have matter. nothing else. But but Joe Thomas committed to the Browns. He said, I'm going to win in Cleveland. Right, which is which is honorable. Didn't happen for him. And I want to see so every Maybe that wasn't the right thing. move. That, maybe he should have committed to playing in New York, and maybe he would have won. That, Actually, he would have won because they, had, because they won it twice in the span while he was in Cleveland. But that's the type of character that I want from a professional athlete in my organization. See, I, I see like, to be honest with you, character means less to me. Like, Baker Mayfield has some serious character flaws going into the NFL. That's honestly, but, but, you've been a, but you've been a staunch supporter of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I like looking. He doesn't seem like the nicest guy ever. You know, you don't but have to, he'll I probably don't... win games. He'll be drafted. He's got character flaws. What's his face? Um, who's the dude who beat his girlfriend in, in college? I, I don't. I don't remember. It was the. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe Mixon. Talk about character flaws. I wouldn't draft he's him. He's a he's a domestic abuser. Yeah, I wouldn't draft him. Yet he's making money in the NFL right now. Clearly, character does not matter. Not on my team. Like that's what I'm saying. Character does. I mean, I, I would draft Baker Mayfield. I mean, not. I mean. Not necess- I wouldn't necessarily draft him on his skill, but Baker Mayfield, you know, he likes to have a little bit too much fun. That's an entirely different issue than what I would describe as like. And Saquon Barkley, from what I understand, is a com- is an upstanding guy. I'm not I- saying I he's not an upstanding guy, but that type of move says I don't want to help my team win. I don't want to help he goes, the he goes, Browns I w- win. No, he says, but I want to help New York win. No, 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 no. He says I want to help me win, and I don't want a me guy. I want a team guy. Yeah, that's that's respectable. Um, but regardless, the NFL draft, I believe, is going to be next Wednesday night. I, I believe it's the 26th of April. Uh, super excited for that. It's going to be you know, a lot of big names flying off that board in the first round. But, we- but we're going to switch into quickly, like here at, at the end of the show, some MLB talk. Yeah, let's finish with the MLB. I want to talk about this. Uh, are the Red Sox the best team in baseball, 14-2? They are the best team in baseball. I'm so excited. Boston sports are rolling right now, as usual. As good as it's ever been, I think. I mean, obviously, the Patriots had that heartbreak. But we're not going to talk about that. It's on to next season for them. But the Red Sox are 14 Tom Brady's back, by the way. So It hasn't been confirmed, because last uh, time I I'm, checked, he was in Qatar, you know, on the beach with his wife. I'm pretty sure kids. I got an NFL alert today saying Tom Brady will look to sign a new contract. Good. I wish that they would have kept Garoppolo and got rid of Brady, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, regardless, the Red Sox are the best team in baseball. I'm excited. They're 14-2. They beat up on that Shohei Otani kid. Well, okay, but 13-4, and four, Los Angeles Angels, Angels, Angels. I'm sorry. They've played, what, three series already against the Oakland A's? <laughs> we got to talk about their competition here. Shohei Otani's first two starts came against the Oakland A's. Yeah, but, One of the okay, worst teams the, in baseball. Talk about the series against... The eight and eight Yankees for the Red Sox, whoa, whoa. not that good. Um, yeah, but the Yankees on paper have a lot more talent than the Oakland A's do. So um, they, what's not fitting together for the they've Yankees? Just, it's just their pitching staff. Like everyone overlooked the fact that their pitching staff is not that good. So you're saying that's something you want to be good at? 
it's more important than a good lineup. And, you know, I mean, like, look at the New York Mets or the Kansas City Royals, teams who have, who've had, you know, significant recent postseason success, you know, backed by their incredible pitching staff. I think the problem, actually, is that uh, the incredible lineup for the Yankees can't actually hit the ball. Right. I mean, Stanton actually has forgotten how to hit a baseball. <laughs> he struck out five times in two games. Can I make a the suggestion? First week. Maybe they should show him like a highlight reel of his and remind him that he was once good at baseball. Right. I, I, maybe that's what it takes. Um, I actually heard a, a ridiculous story about how uh, blame was placed on his slow start by the fact that he was try- he was still trying to move in furniture to his apartment in New York. I actually had heard this story. Obviously, that's pretty stressful. Maybe he threw out his back lifting a couch or something, and it's messed up his swing. What well, what I want to know is what the heck has he been doing? He was signed in December. <laughs> Last three and a half months, he hasn't moved in his stuff yet? What the heck is that about? He waited until he the first traded. week of the regular... Yeah, he was traded in December. Regardless, that's three and a half months that you didn't move in your stuff? I, I right. don't get it. Okay, so we get it. The Yankees are bad, but the Mets are great. They're 12 I'm and 4. I'm super excited about the Mets. The pitching staff is back. As I said, pitching staff... Having a good pitching staff is the most important part of the game. If you have a good pitching staff, you will win baseball games. And in this team, Noah Syndergaard is throwing some of the most unhittable stuff that I've ever seen out of a pitcher. I'd be so scared to hit against him. Um, you know, Matt Harvey had a good start his first time. The past, the past two times haven't been quite as strong. Uh, but you know, I mean, obviously Jacob Degrom is looking sharp. I mean, at the plate, you know, Matt you Harvey, s- big Rangers fan, by the way. I'm a huge Matt Harvey fan as well. So you, by extension, you're a huge Rangers fan. No. Welcome to the good side. No, uh, I, I'm afraid not. Actually, I'm not afraid not. I'm, I'm glad to not be a Rangers fan right now. Um, but, you know, I mean, the Mets are, are good. I think that, that they're going to keep it together for the, for the rest of the season. They will be postseason uh, participants in, in October. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It's just like I, I am super excited about the Red Sox, bottom line. Uh, they might win 110 games this year. Another 12-4 and four team, Arizona, still hot. Still hot, as I said. You know this team has a ton of talent. Patrick Corbin had, I believe, a one-hit shutout last night. So pretty remarkable there. He's always shown flashes of talent, but I, he hasn't really put it all together really since 2013. Uh, so it's good to see him back in this Arizona team is rolling as well. All right, I want to go ahead and uh, put myself on the hot seat. Go ahead. I picked the Cubs to win the World Series, and they're seven and eight in the yep. NLC. And you know, I predicted that they were an overrated team, that they didn't have what have what it takes, and so far I've been, I've been proven right. But uh, they've got some guys who can hit, and they signed you Darvish. Well, I did mean, they have that? pretty much the same exact lineup they had two years ago when they actually did hit. I think it's, it, much like Stanton, they've forgotten how to hit, unfortunately. Maybe uh, they should all go to a clinic together with Stanton. Or, wait, no, okay. Th- that no, might no, help. No, 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 better have, idea. Have Marlon's man coach it. Okay, okay, no, no, okay, get ready. Why don't we fire Theo Epstein... Make okay. Marlins man the GM of the Cubs. Okay. Have Marlins man trade for John Carlos Stanton, and then he'll teach them all how to hit a baseball. Right. That that is the key. Clearly, uh, Marlins man is the secret there. Uh, the Chicago Cubs are not that great of a baseball team after all. They, it was it was a one hit wonder for them. Um, but you know, speaking of Marlins man, real quick. First of all, Miami Marlins five and twelve, still bad. Yeah, but they I, did beat the Yankees. They beat the Yankees yesterday nine one. Wow. That is embarrassing. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Especially since they had here to knock up pitching, who is supposed to be your number two okay. pitcher. But uh, a quick Marlins up Marlins man update, though. Marlins man uh, flew down to the British Virgin Islands 
I uh, did see that. Yeah, okay, flew down to the British Virgin Islands. For those of you who don't know, the Marlins have claimed for tax purposes that they're based out of the British Virgin Islands. Yeah, yeah. And so he flew down to their office, uh, and I'm doing a little air quotes here. Right. Their office, which is a P.O. box in what looks like a concrete square of a building near the beach, uh, in like a random cobblestone path. Marlins man posted a video on his Twitter. It's a great follow. Uh, I recommend. Uh, so Marlins man... Is a real American hero. He is exposing tax fraud. <laughs> I mean, like, it's been said before, but talk about Petty. I mean, like, man, he is really out to get. I mean, like, they have wronged him, and he is he is out for revenge against Derek Jeter. He really hates them. Um, yeah, super Petty. I, I really respect the move. Um, but, you know, either way, that's going to do it for our week. Matt, you want to send us off? Yeah, I just want to mention that uh, you can catch the show uh, in a podcast. If you missed it uh, live, if you missed any part of the show live on air, you can re- you can uh, catch up with what you missed, or you can listen to last week's show, or you can listen to next week's show. You can go to hockeychatwithmatt.com, click on the tab Kyle and Kasanoff show. Uh, we're coming to Apple Podcasts soon. That's going to do it for today. Yeah.